0: Life's podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette, and I'm really excited for our next guest. But before we introduce our guest, um, I want to remind everybody that Tickle.life's podcast, what's its mission? Its mission is to create norm- and to normalize sexuality, to let go of sexual shame, to make sex even fun and playful, and to feel good about who you are as a sexual being. Now, through that process, you'll probably hear a lot of laughing. And laughter can sometimes feel uncomfortable for the audience if it's a topic that you feel uncomfortable with. Just know that if we're laughing, it means that we feel safe and we feel comfortable and we invite you into that space with us. All right, awesome guests.
1: <laughs> um, so
0: I always let everybody introduce and pronounce their name because I'm dyslexic and I'm really horrible with names. Hi. <laughs>
1: so- hey, I am Angel Russell, they them pronouns. And uh, yeah. So we're here.
0: we're super excited, super excited to have you. Um so the first question I want to ask you is
1: what's your superpower in the world? Oh, what's my superpower? Um I, I think my superpower is being able to hold space for conversations that are difficult for other people, like to hold space for people during difficult conversations. So that's helped me as a sex educator. That's helped me as a victim's advocate. Like I work on a rape crisis hotline. Um, that's helped me. It's, I, I end up in these, I've, I've always worked in nonprofit. I worked for an HIV organization before that, before that I was working at a campus, um, LGBT center with students who were in that coming out phase of their life. And so I think I've, I've just always ended up in spaces where I'm sharing space with somebody who's going through something really challenging and I get to hold space while they navigate that. And it's, that I, I think it is a superpower. I think it's hard to find. I mean, you know, I think that's probably one of your superpowers is that you're able to do that for people. That's how this podcast goes so well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I th- well, it's it, right, yeah, right. Yeah. But I mean, it, yeah, yeah. I, I would think that I think that's it. Like, I, I used to joke that my superpower was that I could say penis with a straight face, um, yeah. which I think is how I got into the gig. But yeah. like, I, I think the real superpower is that if it gets weird, not weird. If it gets rough for people. I don't make it weird, you know, mm-hmm. or like, if it gets weird, that's okay too. Like weird is also okay. Yeah. So that's
0: awesome. So I've been asking people what, uh, what would your costume look like?
1: Oh, what would my costume look like? Um, I'm sure there's a lab coat. I'm, okay. I lo- yeah. So I, my, I, I, my, my business name is professor. Well, Sex. Well. No, no, no. And I only say that in my, uh, because, um, the superhero thing really rings true for me. It's like okay. an X Men reference, okay. and so like uh, because of the whole like uh, narrative of like the mutant yeah. and how like sexually othered people really get treated like mutants in the science world, mm-hmm. like um, like literally some variations on sexuality are called mutations, which is just appalling to me. And so I that really rings to me. So I really think that like my my superhero costume has like a lab coat component. And there's probably like a harness bra and a collar nice. um, and like some tall boots. So, and if not the lab coat, I have a jean jacket I wear everywhere. that has got pins on it. And like Steve calls it my armor. So it's either the lab coat or the jean jacket and like a harness bra and some like good jeans, like tight black, like legging jeans, like jeggings, like target jeggings probably if it's, if I'm being honest and like <laughs> tall boots though. So, nice. yeah. That's the the costume. So
0: (laughs) I I love it. I love it. My superpower today, because I have many of them today, I want to talk about my superpower of honesty and truthful conversations. And so my superpower is that when I spend time with people um, not only can I lovingly tell people the truth um, and they, you know, can handle it, but also other people feel like they just start blurting out truths that they've been holding um, uncontrollably. I love when, that. When I'm that is, around. That's amazing, yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I would say my superpower is, is honesty and truth. I love it. And I would say my outfit would probably be a... Uh, Red leather, like a red leather catsuit oh, like with like little truth electric zappers on my hands. <laughs>
1: Ooh, that's good. I, are there, what are the shoes? Are they like spiky heels or are they like no practical? No shoes.
0: No shoes. I hate shoes. I I'm a nudist. That. I don't like any clothes. So, okay. So, but, so but I, I mean,
1: heard. red leather, we make exceptions for. That's yes. That's yes. not clothing. That's, that's something entirely that's different. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm getting yeah. a great visual of that. So if you, if you ever make that happen, let me know. <laughs> All
0: right. So, so let's talk about our conversation is going to be about your adventures into the world of Polly. Hmm. Polly Emery. Yes. And um, for all of our listeners, um, polyamory is the practice of loving more than one person, and there can be a sexual intimacy component to it, but not always. Yeah, and also known as ethical non-monogamy, a form of ethical non-monogamy. So there's all of the the, the lingo. So so, Angel.
1: All let's
0: let's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's start.
1: Let's start. All Where right. Are we I, I will start? start. We are starting. Okay. So our our journey. Um <laughs> our our adventure starts in um Augusta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um how I long was, ago? This is probably been six or seven years ago at this point. Maybe eight. Maybe eight years ago at this point. Um, I should sit down and do that math someday. Um the better part of a decade. Mm-hmm. We'll say that. Um, and, uh, I was with my, my now ex-husband, my kid's dad. Um, we were all living in Georgia. He, um, was there for work. And, um, so we were, we had moved from our home here in Florida, um, which I'm, I'm now back in Florida. Um, but it was just like a temporary thing. So we're there. And so we didn't really know a lot of people and it was great. Cause it had given us a chance to kind of, connect with each other in new ways. Cause we didn't, you know, you don't know anybody else. And so you're spending a lot more time together than you might, if you had a big network of friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and part of kind of what had come out of that was there were some discussions around non-monogamy. We watched, um, I, I I hate to, I hate to be a trope, but we watched uh, that, that Showtime show, that the, the, the polyamory married and dating show that was on Showtime for a while. Have you heard of this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and but I don't it, remember the name of it. It's, it was called polyamory married and dating. Okay. And it essentially just pictured a lot of very good looking, um, type of like, which to a married couple that was looking for some like spice and not that we needed the spice, but spice is always fun. Right. Whether you, yeah. you know, and, uh, we, we were, we were like, this sounds like fun. And, uh, so we didn't have any like sense of, okay, we wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. Okay. Hold on. So when you, when you were watching it, it stimulated a conversation about like, what was the stimulate, what was the conversation? Let's just talk about the stimulation of that conversation by watching the show.
1: I, I think it was, I think I was the one who started it. And in fact, I know that I was um, because I was watching the show and I thought, um, I think there was a component, there's a lot of sex in the show. And so there was definitely a component of like, this is hot, but I, I think i wasn't it was more like maybe um i liked the sense of community it seemed like these folks had like yeah. i liked how close everybody seemed and how comfortable everybody seemed with each other and it was clear everybody was dysfunctional and had problems because i mean that's why you. that's watch what TV. makes you, that's what that's makes make it a good show, show. yeah you know? yeah and it, so that was clear and it was it was clear that like you couldn't read too much into what you were seeing. Cause I, you know, I mean, we know how TV works, but just something about it felt like, it's like when you learn something's possible for the first time, you're like, I didn't know that was a thing. And it wasn't like, like, I didn't know that was a thing and I'm okay leaving it there. It was more like, I didn't know that was a thing and how accessible is that thing to me? Mm-hmm. And the show made it seem easy. The show made it seem like anybody who, it made it seem like if you, if you wanted to be polyamorous, just be polyamorous, you know, that it was just a thing people did. And I don't think that's untrue, but my experience didn't like quite play out like that. Like it wasn't quite as like straightforward as all that, but. Okay. So, so I want (laughs) to just
0: hold on for a sec. So I want to come back to that piece around, so you're having these thoughts and these feelings. So how do you broach this with your husband who you are in a monogamous relationship with so what do you do you remember what you said do you remember i I don't
1: i don't remember exactly what i said i think it was more like i'm a little um I don't want to say that I'm passive aggressive, but I'm definitely the passive member of my like sexual and romantic relationships. I'm, I'm like the sub, whether we're using the language or not, I'm always Mm -hmm. very subby. Um, partly because I'm a little scared of rejection all the time. And so like, I want to float my like desire out there, but like, see if it sticks, you know what I mean? So I was like, so what do you think, you know? And I was kind of doing that, like, we'd be watching the show and I'd be like, so that's cool. Right. Like, and I would just kind of like gauge how he felt, but like invite him to like Kind of share that whether he thought it was cool or not, and um, he wasn't like thrilled or new, he was just like neutral, he was just very like cool, you know, and um, he was, he was very like down for the conversations about it. Um, and I don't want to share too much of like his part of it because I think that's like his story, but i for me, I did feel like there was an opening to keep having those conversations, and I did feel like there was a way for the two of us to keep kind of talking and and um and so I felt we we were having conversations that were like it wasn't off the table to discuss it if that makes sense. It wasn't like this door shut, and we could never and and i I definitely think the idea of playing and of the, the play side of things of, you know, playing with having, you know, other partners, just the fantasy of that. I think a lot of people can relate to. And so I didn't feel super nervous about saying, hey, wouldn't that be hot? Like, wouldn't it be hot to play with someone else? Wouldn't it be hot to whatever. Um, so that was, I think, I think maybe that was how I started was like, could I get any buy-in at all? Mm-hmm. And then like, what so if that happens? Pers- <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we, so we, um, so we, we kind of, We talked a lot. We jumped on. I don't remember if he did. I remember jumping on a dating website, Mm -hmm. um, which I was, I, I, I didn't love doing because it felt like so hard to figure out how to put myself out there and, and not feel like I was, like I wanted to be really forthcoming about the fact that I was like married and that that was like a non-negotiable part. Like I wasn't out there to like not be married anymore, mm-hmm. but I was also out there to like explore. And I, again, like, I just had no clue what I was doing. So I was like, do I write that? And, and people weren't, I didn't know that people were even using this language at the time. Cause this was yeah. new language to me. Like I had just heard these words, polyamory and like it was on like a show that was coming on at midnight on showtime. So I could assume other people were also hearing this. And as far as I know, the show invented this language. Like I didn't know anything, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so, and it's funny because I had been, I had, I had only been doing the work I do for like a year at that time. And so I knew people were non-monogamous, but I didn't even know that language. Like Mm -hmm. I knew swinging. I knew, I knew like the sex side. but I didn't, I'd never seen anything like this. And so I just assumed nobody else had either. And so I was like, well, how do I get out there and like have these conversations? And so I did but more I, I, so I had my stuff on a dating website, but I was very scared to do anything with it. Like it, it freaked me out. It was, it was almost like it was electrically charged. Like I would touch it and I was just, and so I would get very freaked out. And then I always felt like I had to overshare with my, with my, um, then husband and, and not overshare, but just like, I felt, I felt like if I didn't tell him every detail that some secret would like feel like a betrayal Mm -hmm. and, um, And so it made it hard to have the journey be my own, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. because I was constantly feeling like I wanted to check in, I wanted to touch base, I wanted to make sure that every step I took wasn't jeopardizing something, you know, between us. Um, and, And I think, and that's not really, I know that's not really the point of this discussion, but I think we were already kind of in a space of like, we were good friends who maybe didn't really have a lot of business being married and so that also might have been why it didn't feel like an assault to bring up the conversation it didn't feel like an affront on anybody to say hey like what is exploring things in our marriage look like because we didn't have this I don't think either one of us had this concept of our marriage being like sacred if that makes sense do you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. not disrespect but it was just our attachment to the relationship was I think shifting because of other stuff and Mm -hmm. so um so anyway, I, I was having that, but really, I think for me, it was a lot of research. It was a lot of Googling. It was a lot of like, what is this? And 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 I mean, research, I mean, like, like Google. I mean, I was not, yeah. I, wasn't like, I wasn't doing a real, I, uh, you know. You weren't I, doing a study. You weren't no, I wasn't a doing poll. like Science. I was no. doing like, 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 like mom science, you know, yes. where I was on my Google machine and I was, getting into group settings on the internet, which was great because I, I did know enough to know that there were really thriving communities online. Mm-hmm. If you were if you were gonna be weird, if this was, and this was weird for me at the, you know, at the time yeah. it was a very weird thing for me to be doing. So I knew if you were gonna be weird, the internet was the place to do it. And so yeah. I had found a group of folks on, um, Facebook. So I was looking for people in Georgia, like, d- is anybody in Georgia doing polyamory? Which yeah. t- turns out a lot of people in Georgia are doing polyamory. <laughs> but at the time I was like, sure. I was the only one. And so, you know, I get on the internet and I find this, um, very thriving community of folks in Georgia who are doing polyamory. And there's a conference convention con in Georgia called Atlanta poly weekend. It started as like a, a meetup group that just grew and grew and grew and grew because every single person who thought they were the only one realized they weren't. And it grew yep. up really big. And so then if there's this huge thriving community, two hours from me and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, like, this is like, I could, I could be there. I could do this. And I, and then they had a conference coming up and, or con, they had a con coming up. And, um, so I jumped into the con group and I was just listening. They, they let me into the like Facebook group for the con for like attendees, mm-hmm. even though I hadn't, purchased a ticket yet and so i was i was just watching and i was making new friends and i don't think he'll mind me saying this i met um a a guy named billy holder he's a he was a big part of atlanta poly weekend at the time and um he relationship equality foundation like he does a lot of that stuff but he that was kind of before all that before ref existed and he just befriended me really quickly and it was very sincere. It wasn't, he wasn't trying to date me. He wasn't trying to, uh, maybe he was, I don't know, but he didn't come across that way. He was very, very kind and very warm. And and so this thing that had been scary, like on the dating apps, it felt very horrifying. It felt very horrifying. It felt like a bear trap. This didn't feel like that at all. This just felt like people were being really nice to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel the dating apps felt very predatory. It felt like all this pressure to like well, like, you know, dating, dating is so much pressure sometimes. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to go out and then I'm gonna have to discuss like a sex on the table. And I hadn't even thought about any of that really, because again, I'm coming from almost a decade of being in a monogamous relationship. And before that I was raised in church. Like I just had these ideas about what I was like, air quotes supposed to be doing. And then now I'm going like, okay, there's another way, but I don't, you know, So, so it was nice. It was nice because he was so, so he was just so nice to me. And um, so he invited me to come to the con and it was a lot of money. And I was actually more worried about spending the money than I was about going. And so I was talking to my, my therapist about all of this stuff. And, and um, you know, we had made a couple forays into like meeting new people, you know, my, my, my ex and I, and I, and I think my ex was deciding this wasn't really for him. Mm-hmm. And so, and, it, and, it, and it, he was never like, I think really attached to the idea. So for him to say like, no, I'm good. I wasn't ready to say like, no, I'm good. And I knew that that might be a problem because it, we didn't have the kind of relationship where one of us could be, one of us couldn't be. And so I was like, oh, and I was really freaked out. I told my therapist, like, I can't let it go. I can't, I'm just like, I can't stop thinking about this. I can't stop, like, I wanna talk about it. And I think my husband's feeling like it's borderline consent violation for me to keep bringing this up because he just is like, I'm really not into this. And I'm just like, I, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so my therapist said, I think you should go. I think you should go to the con. And um, and I, and I invited my you know I invited my ex to go with me. Um, he didn't want to go, so I took my best friend at the time. She came with me because I didn't want to go by myself. And I offered to teach yoga there. I was so I was, I was teaching yoga in Georgia. I was managing a yoga studio, and um, so I offered to teach a couple of morning yoga classes. I did a, a morning. Um, we did like a like a like a, a heavy metal yoga at like nice. 8 a.m. It was a lot of fun. And uh, <laughs> so I got in there, and they said if you teach yoga. Will like waive your fee, and so I just had to pay for the hotel room, nice. which was great. So I was like, "All right, I, I'm, I'm in." So I, my best friend and I, uh, went to, to Atlanta to do this thing. And, and was- so
0: while you're going there, <laughs> you're, you're like you're on your way there. How are you feeling?
1: Like mm. are you,
0: are you nervous, excited, anticipation? Are you like what what are the what are running? What's running through
1: you? All of it. Um, I liked having a purpose, right? It was almost like I could pretend that I was just going there for the yoga. Yeah. Like,
0: oh yeah. Even yeah. though
1: we all knew like I was, like there was like the yoga was a was my ticket, right? But okay. that I had nothing to do with why I had shown up and but I had a I had a reason. I had a reason to be there. So mm-hmm. that if I got there and decided it was horrible, I had a reason to still be there. I had a, yeah. I I wasn't totally out of place. Yeah. And so I could kind of decide I can either go and introduce myself to everybody as a vendor. yeah, Or I can introduce myself to everybody as like a member of the space, or I can go be new, or I can go be nothing because my best friend is here and we can be introverts together. And I'm not an introvert, but but she is. And I said, you know, we we could just do that together and just get drunk in the hotel room and pretend this never happened. And so (laughs) I had kind of given myself a few outs. Nice, (laughs) you had lots of options. Uh Which is very (laughs) Polly-like. I know. I'm <laughs> looking back; it really made a lot of sense. <laughs> I like to keep my options open, so, so yeah. But so I was, I was nervous. I was feeling kind of bad because I knew that, because um, the thing was, it also meant that it wasn't that. It's not like everything was really perfect in the relationship, and then with my with my ex, and then this was the catalyst of not. And I think a lot of my family thought it was later. Like I think later, my family thought uh, angel left her husband to be a crazy lesbian at a commune or something. Like, I think that they like that there was this impression and that's not what happened. And I know he knows that's not what happened, but because this, there's always that conversation when a relationship's yeah. over, there's some conversation that's like the match on the pile, you know, yeah. and, and this happened to, 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 be that. And so I don't, I think I was nervous. I, I wasn't worried. I was a little afraid I would like it. Mm -hmm. I was afraid I would get there and want to stay. I was afraid I would get there and like these people because I was afraid of what that would mean. I was worried. I had spent a lot of time up to that point talking. And like, it had been many months in therapy of conversations around this. It had been many months of conversation. This wasn't like, I just, we watched this. And then the next weekend I was there. This was the the, the passage of time was the better part of a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. So you get there. Yeah. I, I tell people, this is one of my favorite um, moments is I got there and it, I can only describe the feeling as like coming home, like the way it feels in your heart when you've been away from home for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then you get like, you pull into your driveway and you're just like, and you kind of feel like relieved to be like done with whatever the trip was, no matter how great the trip was, it felt like that. It felt like I was coming home. It was very, I don't know how to explain it. I didn't know anybody. I knew, I knew Billy and I knew the few people who had been, you know, really nice to me about once I was in as a vendor, I had to start connecting with people because they were, you know, passes set up and stuff. And so everybody I talked to was very nice. Um, So I had people that I was like anchored to, but I didn't have like friends except my friend there who was very much like a spectator she's like no I'm I'm here for you but like so she was very supportive but not um it was my journey which was kind of cool um but yeah yeah it felt like coming home and I just immediately it it was simultaneously like coming home and like being a little kid at Disney for the first time yes (laughs) like where it's just this sort of unadulterated joy like as, as an adult at Disney you're very aware of how much everything costs but as like a kid at Disney, it's just like magic, like these things just appear in front of you. <laughs> and they're beautiful and wonderful and they make you feel so happy and bubbly and, and so it was a lot of joy and it was a lot of excitement. and. I also uh, didn't know ahead of time how tight knit the community was, so I also was a little bit of like a new shiny for some folks there. Yeah, because they all knew each other, and so here's this like new person. And I, I, you know, looking back, I realized how small the poly community is and how fun new people are. And so <laughs> I was like, I, I think I got a lot of. Um, I don't think people would have been less kind to me had they known me, but the energy is different with a new person. You know, you kind of it's When you have company over, you know. So yeah. I wasn't—I wasn't in my home. I was in someone else's home, you know. And they were rolling out the carpet for me. and They were being very nice, and um, they all came to my yoga class, and it was very cool. You know, I had—I had a good time. Um, like I couldn't believe I had people that got up at eight a.m. to come to my yoga class, and I really think it was just because they were trying to make me feel welcome and trying to like be nice to me. And some of them were trying to flirt with me, which was really cool attention. Yeah. Um.
0: And so, yeah. how did that feel? How did was- that? How did that feel around the, what were some of your thoughts and experiences of happening around people flirting with you and what, you know, and the potential sexual energy that was going along with that and the possibilities and, and before you went, were you allowed to act upon anything on a sexual level? Like what, what kind of happened in that, in that realm?
1: Well, we didn't um, we didn't really talk about it um ahead of time. We didn't really talk about what was or wasn't game, okay, And so because um you know I, I I don't even think I wish we had because it gave me a lot of I felt like maybe it gave me a lot of like I didn't feel like I was making choices based on whether or not I had rules. Mm-hmm. I think it was just this this understanding that like, I was going here because I needed to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also knew for me that sex would complicate that. Like I knew that if I went, I kind of had to take sex off the table before I got in the car and drove there because um, one, I would feel, I would have felt guilty. Even if my ex had said, go for it, have a great time. I still probably would have because everything was so new. Mm -hmm. And I just needed to like strip away as much of, that for myself as I could and just have the most pure experience that was possible for me and so I knew so I was open to flirting and I was open to that energy and I was open to meeting people and seeing how that felt because that was going to be part of the experience was was this even possible for me Mm. but I knew I had no intention of having any kind of like romantic or especially not sexual connection with anybody um And, and it felt good because I, I think I was able to make that choice for me and not because my ex said, you're not allowed to do this, which is probably what he would have said if I had asked him, like, he probably would have said like, no. So, but it was less, I definitely respected him, but it was more out of like this sense of like knowing what I needed in that process. And I was, I think that was all yoga. I think I had done, I'd done years of yoga ahead of time. I had a lot of self-awareness around like what my emotional needs were, Mm -hmm. which I think was what awakened this process of figuring out who I was to begin with. Like, I don't think I would have ever been open to this possibility. Had I not gone through what I went through with my yoga teacher training, with the retreats I had been on, with the amazing amount of time I had spent in meditation and spent in like going inward Mm -hmm. and saying like, who is this person? like that, that for me, um, opened up the opportunity to even recognize that this could exist.
0: Okay. So you're being flirted with,
1: yeah. how are you feeling? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember very distinctly two, two good flirt moments. Um, the first one was, uh, uh, and again, I don't think that they will mind me telling this story at all. Uh, Dr. Liz Powell, um, they, um, so I, I don't know, this is, we do video for this too, right? Like we record these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my tattoo, uh, so if people are listening and not watching, I'm showing my tattoo on my arm. This is actually Liz and I have matching tattoos. Um, it's a Sagittarius and a Scorpio Sagittarius for me, Scorpio for Liz. Uh, we met there. Um, Liz, I had, so at the time I still had the purple hair, but it was very, very long and I spent my whole weekend in like yoga clothes, which make people look great. Like I knew what I was doing. And so yeah. I had on like my great like yoga pants and like the flowy shirt, I, I nailed the look. Yeah. And so Liz walked up behind me and said, oh my God, I love your hair. But it was the most like, bold flirting that a feminine person had ever done with me where I knew I was being flirted with. Like it was so intentional and so good. I don't have those flirting skills, but man, <laughs> it nailed it. And I, well, I, nothing in the world had ever existed until that moment. And I remember like looking over and like seeing Liz and I just like think my heart stopped for a second. And I was just like, my jaw hit the floor and I was like, who is this creature? And like, Why are they talking to me? <laughs> and so I felt very like taken out of the- Like I'm blushing now thinking about yes, it. Yes, I, I know, that- it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about that feeling in a long time. Um, I mean, we talk about how we met a lot, but um, yeah. And and so uh, there was just this very instant connection. And to this day, I, Liz and I are very much twin flame. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but in the in that moment, I definitely wouldn't have had any language to describe it, but it was this very like, like, I'm going to know this person my whole life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so immediately we just had, um, we were just gonna be spending a lot of time together. And I just knew it. I just knew that I was gonna see them throughout the conference. I knew that I was gonna see them. And I just was like looking for, at that point, the rest of the weekend, I was like, looking for opportunities like sit with them. And um, and they were like showing me around and they were going to like conferences and they were still doing their own thing too. And I, I, had, um, I think they had a partner who had come up at the end of the conference to hang a little bit. And they were um, also from Georgia, a different part of Georgia. They were in um, a different part of Georgia. So they had drove, driven in too, but they knew some people. And so, um, but I don't know, yeah, I just was like dazzled. I was dazzled. And so that felt really good. That felt very um, magical. Lots of people flirting, that energy was good. I like being flirted with. I've always been a big flirt. Um, it, I have a very extroverted person. I have a very flirt personality anyway. Like okay. I'm like a uber Sagittarius. And so um, I was. That, that was fun. But then the second moment where I kind of had that like, oh no, I'm really being flirted with. Um, <laughs> I, I, it did, it wasn't as obvious at first for me because, um, so, uh, uh Sterling Bates, um, was doing a conver- uh, talk on, um, uh, personality and I'm a big science geek and I, I, um, hadn't gone into personality science yet, but I think I'd always, I'd been drawn to it for a while. And so I was like, oh, I wanted to go. And I ended up missing Sterling's talk because it was when my it was my right after my yoga thing. And I had made a deal. There were some, some folks teaching a burlesque class right after my yoga thing. So I made a deal with them that if they came to my yoga thing, I would go to their burlesque thing. Yes. And so then I sent my best friend to Sterling's thing. Cause I was like, you got to go to the personality talk. Like this looks very cool. And it was, um, and it's brilliant. Uh, it was a very cool talk. Um, and so I had sent um, him to the talk and I sent my friend to the talk. And, and so later I said, I heard your talk was amazing. And so he was like, Oh, well, if you want, I'll just share the like stuff with you. And I thought he meant like email me the slides. And so I'm coming down for dinner later. And he's like, got his little computer. And he's like, let me show you the stuff. And he wanted to like sit with me. So everybody else is like off having dinner. And I'm sitting in this little like empty part of the hotel in the dark, like looking at slides with him. And. And I looking now I know him very well. And I realized like, at the time I didn't realize that was him flirting with me. Like, I really thought he was just like really excited about his research. (laughs) I don't know why I thought him giving up that huge portion of his weekend wasn't interested in me. I I just, but I was so geeked out. And so we kind of nerd flirted with each other in like a really nice. yeah. And so it was a different type of, um, but th- that was also a connection where like to this state, we're still connected. We're still friends. We're still really close. And, um, he's like a really important part of my life. Just knowing him has been a real gift. And, uh, but it was, it was such a, it was like, like, like my brain was being flirted with, if that makes sense. And yeah. so it was, a, um, I don't know, just in both cases, it was like an energy that I hadn't had in my life in a, in a, and it was happening at the same time. It was like, it was okay that Liz was flirting with me. And I knew that it would be okay if Liz saw me sitting alone with Sterling. Like it was like this, the permission in the space was really liberating. And I think that was the part of it that I remembered the most was that feeling of not like looking over my shoulder, wondering if I was like, like, am I gonna mess up my chances to spend more time with this person, because I'm saying hi to this person. If I go to coffee with this person, is it going to mean that this person won't want to have drinks with me later? Like it was very like the invitation was make connections you're going to make and make them organically and let them happen and experience that. And that was the invitation for the whole weekend for everybody. That was just the air, the energy. Mm -hmm. And everybody who had been moving through that space for a while was doing a pretty good job of, making those connections you know and I was and they were just um yeah. so what
0: did you come what did you come away from that experience and what happens
1: what, that's, happens,
0: that's, next? That's what <laughs> happens next in your relation your marriage at that mm. point and okay so that we can just just for time purposes so we yeah. can kind of close stuff up and then we can find out more about how people can spend time with you
1: yeah yeah okay um so so we, so we left the conference. Um, I, uh, exchanged, you know, some numbers of folks more as like a lot of friendship connections. I made a lot of friend connections and that felt really good. And then I spent the whole time driving home talking about, um, what a good time I'd had. And I felt good about the connections because even though, like I said, I'd have these moments of like joy, I never felt like it was a betrayal of anything. Yep. And I think... I think for my ex, I think he was really hoping I would have a bad time, not because he wanted me to have a bad time, but because again, it was kind of one more thing in what was going on with us. And so it it meant we were going to have, if I was having a good time, it was going to take some difficult conversations we'd been delaying and bring them to the forefront. And so that, that is what happened is I got home and I, I did have a, because I'd had a good time. I was honest with him about, you know, that I'd had a good time and I told him about how things went and we, um, I, th- I think for us, it was like, it had just become so undeniable over the, the two, honestly, probably two years prior to that, it became so undeniable that we were just such different people and that our ideal lives were very different. Mm-hmm. And so our mutual respect for each other and our care for each other was not going to sustain a marriage and especially not a monogamous one. Mm-hmm. And that was tough because you've got two people who really care about each other. Yeah. And so it wasn't like there was anger. I mean, there might've been some, but generally like the feeling between us wasn't, you know, it it didn't come from some big, like you betrayed me, you're angry, you're this, you're that. It was just like a bummer. It was a real bummer. Mm -hmm. And it was sad. There was a lot of sad, but there was also, I think, I don't know if he would say this, but I see the way he lives his life now. And he seems very happy and he's got a, a beautiful wife and they live a beautiful life and he seems very full of joy and he's living a much more authentic version of himself I think than the one he got to live with me and um you know we talk about it with the kids a lot because they see how different our homes are and we talk a lot about how important it is to to do the work to know who you are Mm -hmm. you know because when you're tying your life to someone else if you're if you can't get on the same page, it's going to make it tough. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I, don't think at the time I would have, I don't think he would have said I was doing him any favors at the time, but I do think now he's, it's very clear to both of us that we, like, if we met now, there wouldn't be any like question of us getting married or anything, you know? Um, but, but we still, we get along, we co-parent really well. And so I, th- I think that was, I think my commitment to honesty throughout it Mm-hmm. even when the conversations were really hard was what kept it from becoming this really toxic cancerous thing between us. And so even though things didn't work out, it wasn't like it didn't rip our family apart. It wasn't like that. It didn't feel like this everybody felt like whole people at the end still even with heartbreak.
0: Beautiful. That's beautiful. Thanks. So the audience wants to know are you Polly? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am, I am. So, I, I so, think I so yeah. did it win out? He <laughs> <Did it stick? laughs> threw the spaghetti at the wall. Did it stick? Was it done? Yeah, I am. I am. I uh, I am I am non-monogamous, uh, polyamorous. I I'm not always in love with the language of polyamory, but I think it's not a bad way to describe what I am. Um so I'm married. Uh, I've got my, my Steve, who is amazing and we co-parent here and, um, in the house. And then I also have, um, my girlfriend Lexi, who's fantastic and, um, she's married and she's got partners and, you know, she's been longtime polyamorous. She's really, really good at it. Um, and I still am very, uh, Liz and I, our hearts are tied forever. Like, you know, I, that story. Um, I, I have, um, yeah, I have a, I have a squish, um, named Ariel who lives in Orlando. And, um, so I just have these really special people in my life and, and it's, yeah, I am, I am still, and it's great. Cause it, it feels really good. It's yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. My kids know, my kids know about polyamory. They've met, you know, they hang out with Lexi and, um, uh, you know, Lexi and her husband come over and hang out and they've met, you know, they know about Liz, they met Liz, Liz came and visited, she doesn't live here or they don't live here, but they, um, came to visit. And, uh, so, you know, they know the kids know the kids like they, they watched me at Valentine's day getting, like, I did, I made dinner for Lexi. It was like our first Valentine's together. And so Lorelai was helping me figure out what I was going to take over to Lexi's house to make for dinner. And like, was I, what, what what was I going to wear? How me pick up my outfit. So, um, the kids are really good sports. They've also like watched me come out as non-binary. They know I'm queer. Like the kids have watched me have this like great journey. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I am polyamorous and it's great and I love it. And my, my parents hate it. Uh, My mom refuses to talk about it. Lexi's just a friend. Um, So mom, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and maybe you should come back and we should do another show about the, how the effect of coming out Mm. um, and the effect of coming out as poly and ethically non-monogamous and the effects of, you know, the people around us. Um, I think that would be great. Another great show that you should come back on.
1: I w- I would do that. It'll probably be less laughter and more tears, but yes. yeah, it would, yeah, yeah, it's a harder conversation for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be happy to do that. That'd be great. So, how can people spend
0: more time with the fabulous you?
1: Ah, okay. Um. I'm a in professional. The, in a professional, professional yes. Capacity. I was say, yes. <laughs> I'm polysaturated, so they can't No. Um <laughs> I uh I so um, professorsex.com is my space. Um and all the social media links are there. Um, there's the YouTube is there. Um links to all my projects are there. So I would say that I also have a Patreon. Um, and so people who want a little bit more of like a, the hybrid between like more personal chats like this, Mm -hmm. I do like coffee dates with my Patreon folks. And we have like a drink night coming up because not everybody wants to do Sunday mornings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so if people want to like subscribe to the Patreon, they get a little bit more behind the scenes time with Steve and I and the other people in our lives. Um, but if they're just wanting to or, or they can support us. Patreon's great for that. But yeah, professorsex.com, all the links are there. And yeah, it's a got more about me and my story.
0: That's beautiful. Thanks yeah. for being on the show. It was so Thank lovely. You.
1: Yeah, that was a, I've never told that story that way before. So that was cool. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. All right. Juicy, wonderful, awesome listeners. <laughs> I hope this inspired you to maybe look at, hmm. I'm curious about, maybe I might want to look at going to one of these (laughs) polycons. There's a lot of possibilities (laughs) that could happen there. I hope that inspired that. I also hope that this conversation inspired maybe some difficult conversations with yourself of your desires and your wants and how being in line with yourself and maybe some difficult conversations that might need to happen with, you know, the current people in your life around that. And don't forget to check out Tickle.life. And if you want to spend more time with me, you can find me at GaiaMorissette.com. And don't forget to check out My Orgasmic Life, which is my other podcast where you get- It's a good one. Where you get to hear um, maybe a little bit too much about my life. (laughs) So it's great for all you boyers. That's a great place to spend time with me. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. And- We'll see. You, well, hear, you'll hear me in our next show. Bye, bye.